Hey everyone, my name is Vidya. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fitbots. Absolutely delighted to have on our OKR's podcast today, Namita Adavi, who is a management consultant, leading strategy and ops at Zenov. Namita, a very, very warm welcome to the Fitbots podcast. Hey, thank you so much, Vidya. So, so happy to be here and I'm extremely excited as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for your time. And, uh, you know, Namita, we've been interacting for a fairly long time. It's been yeah. over probably 18 months. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing some amazing work at Zinov. So tell us a little more about yourself, Zinov and your role. Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about myself in that I have, you're right, I have been with Zinov for a considerably long time. I am, but by profession, I'm a management consultant. Uh, like you called out, I'm, I'm also specifically in the line of being a strategy and operations specialist for a lot of Fortune 500 organizations. And I'm an OKR practitioner, right? And and I know we're going to deep dive on that a little bit today. But I consider most of this my part-time job. My full-time job really is mom to my five-year-old son. And yeah, I think he keeps me busy enough on most days more than any strategy and ops uh, leaders do. Uh, but just to give you some context, I've been in the management consulting and strategy space for about 12, going on 13 years now. And I am basically a master's in economics. Uh, so I've done that. I've come into this and whole and soul sort of committed my career to this. Uh, I've had the fortune of leading a lot of strategy and transformation initiatives for MNCs who have set up in India. So it's it's really been an honor and a privilege actually to be in this line of work. That's amazing, Namita. And uh, mom to a five-year-old uh, sounds like one of the best things and probably one of the most difficult ones to achieve also, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, most defining one for me, especially. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, you, you know, you, you actually zoomed into your experience at Zenov and in management consulting. And in this role, you would be working with a varied set of companies and global development centers mm -hmm. and leadership teams across uh, different organizations. Yeah. So tell us a little more about what are some of the top of mind thoughts, especially when leaders think about strategy, right? And you did an amazing session about strategy for 2025 a few yeah. months ago. So tell us more about what's on the minds of leaders, especially, you know, in the context of where we are today. Yeah, sure. So that's a great question, Vidya. And I think probably sets the tone for the rest of the areas that we're going to cover today. But there's a lot, right? And and just to give you a sense of the work that I do and largely where my focus seems to be going is with everything that's happened over the pandemic, uh, I think, you know, sort of attracting and retaining top talent and, and retaining your best leadership within the organizations is, is a key sort of focus area for a lot of companies. Also, I think leveraging new markets and new sort of growth uh, geographies that, that are outside of, let's say, North America, for example, or outside of your Europe regions is, is becoming a focus for a lot of India-based organizations, especially, right? So, uh, retaining your talent, at being able to access new markets. Uh, also, the other bit of it is cost. Unfortunately or fortunately, I think being able to impact your top line as well as maintaining your bottom line for the organization continues to be a key focus areas and uh, will continue to be so. I think nobody's really solved for it. There is no one size fits all. So every organization we work with is either trying to solve for the bottom line or the top line while trying to keep their talent pool intact. And, and that's where a lot of our work and interventions come in. Well, this is great. And thanks for the very sharp summary, uh, Namita. It makes perfect sense. And, you know, I completely agree with you that, you know, on, on one lever, of course, there's growth. And then there is this entire element about costs, uh, yeah. which is becoming a very, very big topic across organizations. 
and and you see many of these conversations especially when you anchor strategy meets and you're also at a point of time uh, you know it's october and you know by early november or december a lot of leadership teams actually set up for strategy meets it used to happen of course over zoom or ms teams but now it's yeah. in person so um, what some of the learnings that you could share with our audience in context to how to conduct an effective strategy meet sure so that's a good one i think uh, i think the the biggest risk that a lot of these strategy meets and leadership offsites as we call them sort of run the risk of is being too unfocused right and and i think the lack of focus it does more harm than good i know i know it almost becomes like grounds for the leaders to get together and let off some steam but a lot of leadership offsites or strategy meets that we have done tend to become very brainstorming focused and not really focused on the outcome at all for the organization right and so you realize that you know all of the key stakeholders in the organization your most senior layer have gotten together for an entire eight hours only to not have any outcomes defined at the end of it so i think that is where we are seeing for example okrs play a big role right within the construct and the ability to design these strategy offsites because Uh, it is an opportunity for your top leadership folks to get together in the same room at the same time obtaining consensus and clarity on what your goals should be becomes extremely easy to do right and i think for us uh, in that sense they just needed a framework they just needed some guardrails uh, within which to set goals uh, so we have worked with a lot of leadership teams to be able to deploy okrs actually at their strategy meets right so we've said why don't you use this as a framework it it's extremely simple very clear to understand and you can do it within the construct of the etas that you have right so we can look at four or five pillars of your strategy we can actually define goals and then you can disband for your dinner and drinks post post the strategy meet yeah. but how do you make the most of your top level uh, leadership being in the same room at the same time obtain consensus and clarity and okrs provide a great framework for that so that's how we've really anchored a lot of strategy meets you know I, i must confess that i absolutely love what i'm hearing <laughs> because of course i thought have, you might <laughs> we have a great synergy around okrs and uh, you're a, one of the most um, expertise driven okr practitioners that we've interacted with and it's it's really great to see these being built into strategy offsites yeah and as you rightly said making it very outcome driven something that they can take back to their teams and articulate it so that next level teams can run with it is um or bottom up align you know of course this this of course this entire element of team okr crafting which happens thereafter um but i think this is a wonderful step in making it very very data and outcome driven from there speaking of okrs namita uh, tell us a little more about uh, the back story how did you really discover okrs so so this is an interesting story because i'm um, if you know me as a person at all you know that i don't take to things uh, very quickly but in the case of okrs this was not what happened i think the first time i i remember my experience with okrs was at a customer meeting right and this was the site leader of a very well known fortune in fact one of the fortune 20 companies uh, they are in the top 20 in the fortune 500 list and we were just sort of helping them design their strategy for india etc and you know he pulled up his okrs as we call them and i i just said okay what are these and he walked me through them and i, I think at first i was struck completely by how simple and how transparent they were uh, for the fact that all of these had you know sort of percolated down from the cto of the organization to right down to the india leader right uh, so i think the simplicity of it really caught my attention 
The other thing that I have noticed over my experience with OKRs is that they were very agnostic of the industry or function that I was speaking to, right? So it did not matter which background the leader came from. OKRs, the the rules still seemed to apply. So from there on out, it it became sort of like a pet project thing where uh, anytime I got, I would either speak to a practitioner of OKR, someone who had already adopted it. I read a ton of books, all of the books you can think of, all the literature that's probably come out. And then finally decided to get my certification, as you're aware, in order to be able to formally help organizations draft OKRs. But it's it's stuck with me. It stayed with me. It's something I adopt for my own teams as well uh, and not just for customers. So just to give you context, not just for customer organizations. And that's, I think, been my journey with OKR. Five-year-old journey now, actually, from the first time I heard about them. <laughs> this is fantastic. And, uh, and uh, actually, the story really is stuck in my mind, the one that you just shared, because here's a leader of a Fortune 20 company who's able to articulate it into a very, very simple framework, right, which others can are able to understand. And this, I'm sure, is a more than a billion dollar corporation. And having said that, taking these learnings to a cross function of industries is something that the framework also helps leadership teams to pick up. In fact, you know, the other day I was just talking to my team and then we were going through our customer list. And what we realized that we have a client who's in the industry of theme parks who are on OKRs and there are schools on OKRs. So this is something which is so permeable across industries apart from technology companies who, of course, are the are probably the early adopters. So thanks, Namita, for sharing this. So uh, in fact, you said five years, so you're, you're probably one of the most experienced in this space also. So it's great to hear that you actually got into it five years ago when it was a very nascent concept. Yeah. From there, uh, you know, just taking it one step down in terms of how you work with your teams, because you've also worked with your teams on OKRs along with customers. What kind of a role do you think OKRs plays in getting that structure in organizations as well as for teams? What, what have been some of your observations? Sure. So I think if you, if you do the work that I do on a day-to-day basis, right, management, consulting and strategy development, there can be a lot of noise, right? There's a ton of frameworks out there. There's a lot of jargon out there. It's so easy. Like they have anagrams and short forms for any kind of thought process. Management consultants are notorious for throwing jargon at you. Um, I think for me uh, and where OKRs really struck and made so much sense was their ability to cut through the noise, right? It's very easy to get lost in the jargons and the frameworks and the pool of data and information that is being thrown at you. But for someone who is a decision maker, the ability to cut through the noise and compelling the leader to focus on the most important aspects of what will get you to your end goal or your end outcome is absolutely imperative. It is the mark of a true good management consultant and the ability to double down on your top focus areas. So I think that is very fundamental to why I think OKRs play such a critical role when you are developing your strategy. The other bit of it is, again, to my point about how management consulting can get very complex. They are very simple to understand. So it's almost counterintuitive to the way a lot of consultants and strategy leaders actually operate. But simplicity is so underrated, I think, in the world that I work in, right? And and for me, OKRs play a very, very important role in terms of keeping it simple, keeping it very clear, being able to focus on absolutely what's important. The final reason, and one of the most important reasons for me in terms of why I, I seem to keep going back to OKRs as a framework is they enable you to course correct a lot sooner. They're very leading in the way that they are structured. And so... Not that I have anything against balanced scorecards or KPIs or smart goals, but I think by the time you know whether you've achieved them or not, it's too late to do anything about it. And I don't think that that's the case with OKRs, right? Because they're so evolutionary, because they're so anchored on 
like creating a growth mindset um, by the time you know you you revisit your okrs often enough to be able to post correct a lot faster and so you're on track uh, to address any hits and misses and that is very very fundamental right because when you are looking for funding and budgeting etc outcomes become your most important anchor and to be able to course correct is absolutely imperative in time which other goal setting frameworks while they have their benefits have not been able to do at least as well as the okr frameworks have and i think that's important for me as well this is a um, outstanding thanks uh, namita for sharing this um you know i completely agree with you i think the simplicity and i, I like the word that you use right counterintuitive sometimes a strategy seems something which is not always easily understood by everyone but here you're taking something and really making it very real using strategy as of course the starting point so very well coming to your teams you also mentioned that you said okrs for teams so is there any favorite okr that you want to talk about something that's close to your heart and you track uh, during the course of 90 days yeah i think uh, my people led okrs always right especially the ones that talk about how the learning curve has shifted for a lot of my team members I think those are my favorite OKRs. So anything relating to learning and development as an OKR for my own team is something that I always track, and and I'm maybe a little bit more like could be accused of being a little bit more passionate about than than other OKRs. Uh, I feel like if you build your team and if you build your people sustainably and well, the top line and the bottom line will follow, right? Uh, so you just back your team, and then your team will do the rest. is is a fundamental way I operate. Uh, and my okrs have to reflect that so i i could be a little bit partial to those <laughs> the mentoring and the learning and development okrs you rightly uh, struck the chord you know the people led okrs and i'm sure there are a lot of metrics that you're also tracking there but you're right namita because many a time i think there's always this infatuation to pick up a lag indicator like revenue yeah absolutely um, but here unless the team is prepared coached mentored and the capabilities built the lag metric may or may not be achieved so this is a very very key lead indicator to it so thanks for sharing this one and i could clearly see from the tone that you know this is something that you're passionate about so kudos to you and plus one on that <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> we also kind of hear that the, it's it's not always uh, some uh, something which is very easy to implement right when teams are especially new to okrs and you you introduced it at many organizations post strategy meets when leadership teams actually take it to the next level teams what are some of the challenges that you've seen or if there are no challenges that's great as well <laughs> yeah um i don't think no challenges in the world that we have is is ever the case you know honestly and i'm being extremely honest here right? i think the challenges that i've encountered have been far fewer right it's it's building credibility in the early days has been far easier with okrs as a framework and i know i, I harp on it but i keep coming back to the simplicity of it all um but it it hasn't been without its road bumps i think the initial resistance is always it's it's always there and it's understandable especially if you are an organization that has not adopted okrs so the audience expressions are literally like oh here's another management consultant with another framework that they want to walk us through um but it only takes i think a 30 minute walk through to tell them that you know this is what we're going to be doing for the next few hours or days or months with you uh, and they know that the effort that they're going to put in is automatically worth it right but as with anything there is a slight teething trouble but yeah it literally takes us one foot in the door and and they're sold on the concept of it um so that credibility in the early days of adoption is something that we always sort of encounter maybe it's the background of the industry i come from where there's a healthy sort of skepticism surrounding management consulting to begin with 
but that could be it. I think the other and very surprising thing, and it still catches me off guard a little bit, is how even the most experienced leaders who have been working with business outcomes and metrics day in and day out for like 20, 30 years of their lives still need a surprising amount of spoon feeding and, and uh, you know, handholding when it comes to defining what key results they should be looking at, right? And these are yeah. folks who know their business in and out. So what outcome should I focus on? Do you have a library? I can, like, if I'm talking to a sales leader, do you have a sales OKR library that I can sort of refer to, et cetera? That catches me off guard. It's not like we aren't prepared. Yes, you know, we have, we all have these great templates. We have these great templates. But the number of times I'm asked this, I I, I think I'm still underprepared in many cases. It, that This is where the good coaching comes in, right? And effective yeah. coaching sort of helps them realize that it is really up to you as to what you prioritize. Yes, I could tell you what your peers are doing, but it may not fit your need or your construct, right? Uh, maybe you need to look at a different set. But I think that that level of spoon feeding versus coaching, that trade-off is, is extremely important. And it comes with practice. I and mean, it comes, I've sort of honed it with experience and I continue to hone it as I go forward. But that's the other, I think, thing that I could think of. I absolutely love what you're saying. In fact, uh, ready-made templates, right? Templates are, of course, a guiding factor or you know something which gives direction. Uh, but really, every business is so unique. And the metrics that they select, which will give that particular business leverage points, uh, is so unique to not only the entire organization, but to a specific team. So so I completely agree with you on that, Namita, that, that entire shift from directing to actually coaching is something very, very critical in especially as making leadership teams think about the high quality OKRs. Um, this is this has been absolutely uh, amazing to learn so much from you, Namita, on your OKR journey. We're now going to come into a rapid fire round. Are you ready for it? <laughs> sure. Am I ready for it? Whether you tell me. Let's let's do this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Namita, your favorite book. My oh, there are too many, but I think uh, the Godfather by by Mario Puzo is I think one of the top. Awesome. Um, your favorite holiday destination? Hmm. Should I go? I think local any beach would do. Uh, I know it's cliched, but I I still think Goa. Uh, the mm-hmm. non-crowded parts of it continue to be one of my favorite. Uh, also Pune home because it it truly feels like a vacation when I'm with my parents. Oh, yeah. uh, so I think it's a toss up between Goa and. Yeah, you know, they, they say the home is where the beach is. So I'm going to combine yeah. both. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. This is, this is lovely. Okay, a favorite quote that you have on your workstation or somewhere at home? Um, I think Kurt Cobain said a version of be who you are because being anything else is a waste of, of the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that probably is, is one of my favorite quotes. Oh, lovely. lovely. Yeah. And any advice that you would like to give leadership teams, especially when they're getting started on their strategy of sites and retreats? Yeah. So <laughs> I think um, don't be afraid of saying no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think don't be afraid of holding other leaders accountable. I think accountability continues to be, you know, in my experience, the greatest thing to sort of create and set for. So I think it has to be the core focus of an effective strategy meet or leadership offsite, and they should focus on that. So definitely that piece of advice. Um, and keep it simple. I think don't overcomplicate it, right? You don't need the fancy frameworks. You don't need uh, the big numbers and the dollar signs. You just need to keep it simple in terms of what is the core purpose of the work you are trying to do. As long as it's purpose-led, I think it will resonate. 
Yeah, and you know, simple is so hard sometimes. So you know, so, so well said. Uh, thanks, Namita, for this. And what's the best way um, that people can reach out to you? LinkedIn, Twitter. What would you prefer in case any of the audience want to reach out to you, Namita? Yeah, LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is my top sort of. I I wish I could you know hand out my number and have them call me because I, I love <laughs> conversations. But LinkedIn is I think where I'm most responsive. I don't do Twitter too much. Okay, great. So I'm going to have uh, Namita's LinkedIn profile also absolutely at the end of this uh, podcast. So you know it was absolutely wonderful having this conversation with Namita Adavi. Namita is a leading management consultant, leading strategy and operations, and most importantly, an OKR practitioner. worked very very closely with leaders in strategy retreats taking okrs into the retreats so that they're outcome driven conversations so namita thank you so much for being part of the fitbots uh, okrs podcast and look forward to having more such conversations absolutely thank you so much for having me vidya this was this was great fun bye bye